API Intersection podcast listeners are invited to sign up for Stoplight and save up to $650. Use the code Intersection10 to get 10% off a new subscription to Stoplight Platform Starter or Pro. Take a look at this episode's description for more details. I'm Jason Harmon, and this is API Intersection, where you'll get insights from experienced API practitioners to learn best practices on things like API design, governance, identity, auth, versioning, and more. Hello again, API Intersection listeners. Uh, We are back today with uh, a little something different is what I usually tell you. That's become the mantra. Uh, So I say that this time in that uh, we talk a lot about building APIs and you know, sometimes lately we talk a lot about product managing APIs, but today I want to, you know, look at uh, consuming APIs and kind of what it's like to be on that end of, you know, I've got to make all the API calls. And and in this case, do a whole bunch of different ones and a whole bunch of different sizes, flavors, shapes, and smells. So uh, today I want to uh, introduce Matteo from Meta API uh, as our guest. So Matteo, thank you for joining did I say your name right? Did I screw it up? Yes, yes. <laughs> Perfect. Nice yeah. Okay. I got it right. Okay, good. Um, unfortunately, our co-host Anna will not be able to make it today, uh, which I'm sad about, but uh, that's okay. It'll just be me and you. So we'll get into mm-hmm. it. Um, so I guess, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what Meta API does. So uh, I'm Matthew. I'm the CEO of Meta API. And... At MetaPI, we are focused on uh, helping developers to integrate and create automation between APIs. So we want to uh, release some pain from all of uh, aspects when you are developing this kind of integration, like automation, deployment, hosting, etc. And we we want to help them to focus on code, focus on business logic, and like like Lego bricks, you take it, you plug it together, and it's working. Got it. So uh, kind of part of the API aggregator space, so to mm-hmm. speak, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, uh, certainly begs the question when you look at some of these things is like, um, you know, uh, the, you look at the major APIs that are out there that people typically use, and uh, why, why don't they just call it directly, right? Like, why do they need you? And I think that's what I want to unpack today a little bit. Um, more than like, you know, tell me the value points of your company. It's like, what are these struggles that, um, that folks have in trying to consume APIs and what are kind of the gotchas? Mm. I think for some listeners, you may be saying, I'm learning more about APIs. I want to start incorporating more use of APIs in what I'm building. What should I watch out for? Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the the first one and the most painful one is the authentication, and in particularly when you have to deal with uh, authentication like uh, of two, which is very very painful to to implement. And um, we we have like a magic button when you you click it and it's done. So <laughs> that that's helping a lot. So that's the first one, and the second one is about everything around your integration because you have to think when you create an integration, you want to make it inside your own code or on inside an external project, maybe another API. And 
So you you will have multiple complexity like uh, where where am I to deploy it? Uh, how how I can manage security uh, updates, etc. And that that can very painful when you you know you just escape from the integration part and then oh, okay uh, I have now the uh, something to to do with integration, security, deployment, uh, how I can manage it on my CI CD system. That's thing we we want to to uh, it's one thing we want to help and say, okay, just press deploy and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, as the old adage goes, if it's a two day hackathon, day one is off, right? <laughs> uh, no one actually builds anything on the first day. Um, so uh it seems like you've mentioned kind of, uh, uh, sorry, open API sort of stuff uh, quite mm. a bit. And I'm curious, like, how does open API, which we normally think of, certainly in my world of, you know, this is what folks use in their development process by putting that that design, that abstract design in front and then, mm -hmm. you know, kind of designing first before building and then generating code and tools. Uh, is it that the kind of code gen factor for your client uh, is valuable or is there something more to it? So we, when you finished on your side to design and implement your open API, our platform and our job start at this point when mm -hmm. we take it and uh, unless some of from, uh, unless our competitors, we want to, you know, for creating integration, you have to rebuild everything with their own SDK or their own principle. Uh, our point is to say, okay, we have already an open API, uh, you know, uh, standard specification file. So we want to take it and say, okay, that's our entry point. And we take it, we grab it, and we push it to our engine to generate everything. We, we generate connectors from this open API file. and uh that that's very interesting because we can with with this technique we can both uh address public apis we are giving um their own uh, open api file but also private api and we can create this mix of all api together and that's very interesting yeah i mean the the uh it's funny because you know open api specifically its history starts as swagger where it mm. was Basically, generating documentation was the original purpose of it. Uh, so exactly. clearly, generating stuff from the spec is the kind of the point, right? As much <laughs> as, as much in my world of API design, we think a lot about it as a design tool. Um, yeah, it's like got to remember downstream folks used uh, this to, to consume things. Um, but I mean, what are the, you know, what are the sticking points? I mean, is it that 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 generated code doesn't work sometimes? Uh, you know. What's kind of missing for you around the open API ecosystem in terms of consumption? Which are missing instead of um, we want for we would like for any APIs to have like a very well done SDK like you know Stripe or this, this kind of tool we 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 have like a, a full team uh, creating and making this kind of SDK and. Uh, for example, uh, one thing we 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 pushed on our side is to um, is to 
parse and extract automatically schema from the open API and project it inside the coding of the platform. So when you manipulate an API and you want to access data, you have like auto-completion of your data you are getting from some endpoints. So that's that's kind of consumption uh, our developer want to have. That, that's kind of experience they want to, to have and to achieve. And of course, all the simplification of authentication, as I said. All right. I think you may generate a tweet storm there. If I summarize the first thing you said is what's missing in open APIs? SDKs. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, it. But That's it's it. interesting in that it, there's um, also the question of how does that open API generate code and who does it? And part of what mm-hmm. you're getting at, I think, is if there is a well-documented, easy-to-use API, I'm uh, sorry, SDK, mm-hmm. then, then having an open API to generate a client yourself is less important. Yes, and and it's interesting because my my uh, the first time I encountered uh, uh, an open API inside the web, it it was through the Swagger editor. So it it's back on Swagger time, and mm-hmm. the the first thing that blew my mind at this time is to have an interactive do- documentation and say, "Wow, oh, yeah. I just fill 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 the form." It's a standard request and it's done. Wow. I, I want it inside my <laughs> my application right now. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, we're fascinated with that, too, at Stoplight. <laughs> we do quite a bit of that sort of thing. Um, but it, it's interesting, too, that you point out that, you know, there's some pretty significant uh, sort of public API programs or, or very large even sort of partner in some frame that don't really have an easy pattern in which to consume. There's mm. not an SDK and there's not anything with which to generate code. So, I mean, I'm curious for you and when you look at, you have no artifact to generate from, you have no mm. SDK. What do you think that the, the uh, sort of delta of time is in that scenario versus having those things? Oh, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's the complicated part when... You you just have a plain HTML documentation, or even worse, we uh, I uh, I have so PDF. some. You're gonna say yeah. PDF, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> and PDF PDF documentation in PDF, and <laughs> you know um, snippet of code are not text; they are just a screenshot of image. That's <laughs> oh, wow. that, that's the kind wow. of hell you can include. So. Uh, at, at this point, uh, the only way to um, go, go go from this is to recreate the open API specification file because we we this we can we can do anything uh, we can create a proper versioning we can uh, share it inside uh, even inside our team we are we are many to to work on this and. Uh, you know that's why open API is, is so important because it's also enable collaboration on the same file and you can have uh, versioning inside like github and that that's the starting point you you can build something resilient without this kind of foundation yeah um I'm curious, you know, uh, I'd imagine that you've ended up interacting with quite a few of these programs back and forth. And, you know, uh, in those interactions where, you know, you're maybe saying, like, why don't you have something like this? What's what's your read on on why 
this is the case, why folks aren't aren't providing that sort of thing? The, the first thing, I think it's it's a lack of knowledge that this kind of standard exists. And there are some also, um, you know, misconception about open API. I think people think about, uh, you know, when you have SOAP API and you have to read very strict schema and that's not, and what, yeah. <laughs> that's not what uh, OpenAPI is. It, it's just a description of what you are making. You can omit uh, some, parameter, uh, some parameters or some details inside schema. That's okay. But it's, they must be taken as a starting point of you know, uh, creating a documentation both for the human and thanks to JSON or YAML, it's very readable. and for human and for machine, and that that's that's all the point. And and also, I think that um, sometimes um, developers team want to make something proprietary, proprietary only, and they just stick with you know the, the all the methods they have. So they are like writing documentation or. Word or making a, a PDF or having an internet documentation like a, a wiki or something like that. And they are just take that from this part, creating a, you know, a basic HTML file and pushing it online. So we, yeah. I, I, I see more and more um, documentation which are generated by, by tools like stoplight uh we can see of course redoc or this kind of solution so that's great that's mean that before that the um, inside their um, their building parts are uh, there is that that um approach to create a, a file a, a very a very nice file with versioning and you have a this design process that, that's why uh, I want to say yeah. this, this and proceed before. I'm going to read into that and guess that mm -hmm. what you're getting at is that quite often documentation is not accurate with the API that you're calling. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, maybe 25 or 40 percent of the time we have, wow. you know, uh, so much. Um, difference between uh, the open API and the reality. Sometimes it's mostly inside the schema. Um, in our first version, we, we, we were doing like some um, schema matching and schema verification between uh, data coming from the API and the, the schema declared inside the, the, the open API. And we stopped doing that because it was consuming too much resources and we <laughs> We get too many errors. Yeah. So because yeah. everything everything is moving, uh, APIs are moving parts all the time, and uh, unless you are like big actors like Google or very big company, which are very very robust and non-moving API, it's very difficult for so many actors to 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 not to not have moving parts inside the, the API. Yeah, for sure. I mean. Uh... It's funny because on one hand, you know, we go, gosh, you know, why don't you have more features and more things that I can do? And then on the other hand, quit changing things. Right? Uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's definitely the the plight of uh, API builders is like, 
once it's out there, you can't change it. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you do, you break everyone and everyone's mad. Uh, but then yes. if you don't change anything, then it's beg, beg for more, right? Um, mm -hmm. The uh, So, yeah, I mean, I, I think summing that up, it's like, if there's nothing, it's the worst case because, I mean, and, and you didn't give me a ballpark on time, but it sounds like you're spending a lot more time if there's no SDK, no open API, nothing yes. to generate or consume that's prepackaged. Um, and then somewhere in the middle is poorly documented, uh, is better than nothing. Uh, <laughs> but yes, uh, it, yes, it, yes, it, it's, it's better than nothing. And the, the most frustrating part is about, uh, you know, error management when you have mm. like, uh, you, you try to implement something, you have a parcel documentation, you see, you know, you check multiple endpoints. We say, okay, I I must go inside the developer's mind to say, okay, he do it like this, this, <laughs> and and then you have an error and like uh, five hundred errors and no message, nothing. Ella, you say yeah, the black they. hole. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly, and that's yeah. terrible. Yeah, <laughs> because you 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 start creating something and you are just top inside you know block inside your momentum and it's, it's very very frustrating yeah i think you know there's um there's like this next order up and, and i think you're touching on some of this where it's like you can have the well document you can have the kind of well documented api um with weird paths right uh, and, mm. and that's that's to say not truly well documented so it's like you can describe how to consume it and, and all the schema and all the parameters and all that stuff. But to some extent, documentation QA has to be a, a mindset of fail first is mm -hmm. what's the, what's the first thing that most developers interact with in an API? It's an error, right? Yes. We, we just said auth is hard. So mm -hmm. you're going to hit lots of errors. Make sure that you document that part. <laughs> Seems <laughs> obvious, but yeah. Yeah. And, and um, I, uh, I read a, a very good article about, you know, error management and always have inside your error um, the, the error, the context and a way to solve it. And the context is very, very important because sometimes you, are, you have an error and you don't know why it's coming. It's, is it coming from, you know, bad parameters, bad authentication? Um, maybe uh, a missing part or missing feature inside the service you want to interact with. So bringing some context around this error is, 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 is a very good practice to say, okay, I must think as a consumer, they will see this error. So this error need to be, uh, you know, self-explanatory to say, okay, that's the problem. And I know I, I should go to this part of the documentation or this part of the, of the, of the platform to solve it. Yeah, I would, would always point folks to um, the problem details for HTTP APIs, mm. the uh, RFC 7807. Um, actually, one of our former guests, and uh, I've been a guest on his YouTube thing too, uh, Eric Vilda worked on that quite a bit um, years ago. And it's like, you don't have to make up how to do errors. Like, you know, there's a format for that. And uh, there's a whole <laughs> RFC that describes how to do it. So, yeah, I love that. 
Well, uh, you know, we usually do this when we're th uh, this kind of question when we're thinking about, hey, you've built out this whole API program with all the processes that we've been touching on that you wish that people were following. But I'm curious in terms of, you know, building this sort of engine for consuming APIs. Um, because I think what you're doing is applicable anywhere, even if they're not using a product like yours, is, you know, think about consumption and all the things that you're going to have to do. And there's reusability is like if you had to go build it all again from where you're at now, what would have been the most important thing that you would start on first or focus on first? What have you learned from this experience? Mm, about um, thinking of error management, we address uh, also on our parts, we address uh, this aspect very lately and uh, uh, also, on our side, we we left some user on the early version of Meta API, like in darkness, with giving them not <laughs> not enough context and not enough error. And um, you you can't uh, you know we we tried this project with uh, with this kind of mindset. We say okay, we we addressed our platform to developers. Say no how developing uh, works. So why we, we have to explain like what is an HTTP error, what we have to uh, explain uh, this kind of error, and you have to do this. We surestimate uh, too much the, the level of our user and not, not being condescending, but it's to say we, we don't know the, the level. Um, we have to explain everything every time and you know just go back to the basis and explain everything that happened to the inside the the platform and the second part will be to uh you know be tra transparent on what pro what process the all the automation we are you are doing on our backend what what we are doing and what who, how we are making, you know, some wiring or plumbing between APIs because sometimes it's you, you can have weird behavior, but you have uh, uh, in front of you like a, a black box and you don't know, you, you just know what's going on and out and you don't know what's happening inside and you can figure out uh, how to improve that. So it's very critical to explain what's going on inside. And uh, as every time, once it's explained, it, it could be opinionated, it could be okay. Our way is to do it like that, like that. And that's okay. Some will like, some who doesn't, but at least you explain it, you explain all your process, all your mind, you know, your your, your mind, your mind, your mind trail. And starting from that, uh, people and user will understand and say, "Okay, that's working this this way, so I can I can do it. I can fix it the way I want." Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's funny. We just talked a bunch about how, like, you know, API builders need to think about their APIs. But I think in the space of aggregating APIs, or even in some implementations, you're doing like a pass through, where like mm. you're calling one thing, mm -hmm. and then something else is chaining up uh, upstream from you is like how you pass through errors in that scenario. Mm -hmm. um, if you're not thoughtful about it um, and, and 
tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it's different. It's a different situation for each API, and there's not a lot of reusability there because the logic between each application is very different as to yes. what produces errors. Mm. And we already said the consistency of errors is very different <laughs> depending on the publisher. Yes, exactly. So, so yeah. So that that's that's the world part, and that's on something we want to work uh, later from our platform to m- maybe to inject some AI or machine learning inside that to, you know, have a way to standardize something that had been created by a human, like. Uh, you know, you have an error on an API and the API is responding with a HTTP 200 and inside the, the response, you have error <laughs> with your error. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> so what you're saying is you, you're going to train the robots to read those developers' minds, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Cool. Well, uh, kind of feels like uh, a pretty good closing point. Any other, uh, you know, closing thoughts for us? Um, yes. Um, uh, um, a message I, I, I want to say to everything we are listeners is about API, and I I saw too too many companies uh, around us we who fear to open their API or to open their data. And it, it's not like, uh, you know, open open your gate, open your company, and a- everyone can steal everything from you. See, it's it's an API, so you have control on it. You can you can select what, what you want to share and not share. And that's the best way. Uh, having an API is the best way to but your product or your service inside the world ecosystem, you can't ima- imagine. And that that's, it's the critical part. And uh, you, you, you also help your user to automate um, all they are trying to do. And you, sometimes you can't rely only on a, on a, a graphic interface. You have to deal with, ma- with, with machine and with, with program and, Having an API is the best way to address that. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you're preaching on the choir on this show, but uh, (laughs) I I will say, I think over the last couple of years, a lot of that perception has changed where more and more companies are now realizing, yeah, we were thinking that way for a long time. And if we don't change gears fast, we're going to be in trouble. Um, Mm -hmm. And and the data is out there now, like competitively, um, you know, studies have been done on these things and like companies with, sort of a well-developed, mature kind of API uh, are far more competitive in today's market mm-hmm. in and part because it's an ecosystem, right? How do you mm. connect within that ecosystem? If you're a standalone thing that you can only point and click on, you mm. can't benefit from all the other growth of other platforms. And, and we saw uh, with the COVID crisis, uh, how fast company could change with API and transform this business and adapt and Without that, we will be stuck inside, you know, your own state and unable to move. With an API, you can say, okay, so I need to move. I can create new endpoints, a new interface, and that's it. I can keep my my core businesses alive and create some peripheral new feature around. 
Well, I think you may have picked the most non-controversial closing thought ever. You came on the API show and you said, folks, companies should have APIs. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're all cheering the same right now. So uh, we're with you. We're behind you. And I think uh, we, we hope more and more that folks that are just thinking about whether or not they should are listening and uh, take it to heart. So, uh, well, Matteo, I really appreciate uh, you sharing kind of all everything that you've learned in this and, and wish you the best of luck with, uh, with your company going forward. Thank you. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for listening. If you have a question you want to ask, look in the description of whichever platform you're viewing or listening on, and there should be a link there so you can go submit a question and we'll do our best to find out the right answer for you.